Satigi Podcast. Talk about the best and the worst on the box. It's the first Custard TV podcast. Welcome along. This is the podcast where we will discuss the latest and the best and worst on the TV at the moment in 2011 on the planet. Uh, my name is Luke. I'm the editor of the thecustardtv.blogspot.com. You all know and love it. And on the first podcast, I am joined today by... Um, I'm Denise. Um, I write for the website. Yeah, um... yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, if you want to put it like that. Oi, what's that mean? Well, the uh, contribution's been quite low of recent days, but, you know, it's, it's fine. It was very, get... very high at first. Yeah, I'm but busy. people tend to be keen and then they drop off like a fly on a thing. <laughs> <laughs> the Custard TV Podcast. What makes you qualified to partake in this podcast? Um, I watch a lot of TV. Um, I do a lot of writing, um, yeah. mm. I watch anything that's on, even if it's rubbish, in fact I probably enjoy watching rubbish programmes um, more than I enjoy watching highbrow, intelligent, fantastic programmes. I tend to watch TV, specifically British television, it gets a, it gets a bad rap, people say American TV's better and the Brits don't do drama like... Uh, like the Americans do, stuff like The Wire and, you know, Sex in the City, Sopranos, all these things get get bashed around. But really, I think British drama doesn't get the attention it deserves. I do watch an unhealthy amount of television. I'm not going to uh, apologise for that. I do watch an unhealthy well, amount of Well, after all, it would be a bit useless running a yeah. TV website if you didn't watch too much TV. The first thing I want to talk about is the rejuvenation... There's a big word for you. By the way, if you want to mark down all the big words I say during the uh, podcast and send them in on an envelope, you could win a prize. But rejuven- <laughs> rejuvenation is probably the biggest one you're going to get out of me today. But I want to talk about the rejuvenation of The X Factor. It is back with the next generation. Kelly Rowland. Show us what you got. Talisa! What is wrong with you? Louis Walsh and Gary Barlow! And you just shut your mouth. All searching for the next big thing! Hello! Oh dear. It's very clever because I was watching the first episode and what it does, it sucks you in every year because this year I was thinking they've changed the panel, there's no Simon, there's no Cheryl, there's no Danny. Uh, it's now now's a good time for me to give up on the X Factor, but I thought you know I'll just watch the first one. And what happens is they show you these auditions, they show you the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you kind of want to follow how uh, how the good people are going to do. So it sucks you back in every single time. It's very cleverly made. It's very cleverly put together. And I think, actually, although some people wouldn't admit it, it's quite universal. You know, you could watch this with your grandmother and she would enjoy it, you know, enjoy it just as much as the young children. I think it's unique in that way. Same as Britain's Got a Talent, which I went off a lot this year, but still enjoyed. I think I think you're probably right. I think um, it unites the country in laughing at um, the deluded. 
uh, which is you know something that is historical if you if you look back at um you know the victorian freak show it's something that we all enjoy it makes us feel better about ourselves um it makes us laugh um and occasionally you know the sob stories get into your heart even though you're determined that the editing won't i'm, I'm not a big fan of the sob story and that's i think why I enjoyed the first episode, I can't speak about the rest, but the first episode of this new series, there wasn't any. That You're I right. I, I hadn't noticed that. Um, although they did go to the house of um, the Diana Vickers clone. So it was pretty clear that she was going to go through. And also, I mean, it's not the first... Here it is again. Rejuvenation... I can't say it now. <laughs> rejuvenation, rejuvenation of the show because we've we've lost Sharon Osbourne who, who was on the original panel. Uh, she got replaced, and then we got Danny Minogue. Da, 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 da. So it's not the first time they've changed it, but it, it does feel surprisingly like a new show. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. Um, I mean, Gary is obviously casting himself in the role of of Simon Cowell, um, but the the girls aren't perhaps as interchangeable as uh, Danny and Cheryl were in terms of their, their feedback. I actually was surprised by Talisa, who, who I also said, you know, why have they got her in of all people? But I quite liked her as well. Um, I didn't actually know who she was. Well, that's because you're not as down with the kids as I am. Obviously. For shizzle. You're a, you're a big <laughs> fan of the N-dubs. Okay. Can I just say something? Go on, Talisa. You came and stood right next to me there, and I felt a lot of aggression off you. You're very angry. I'm happy. No, you're not happy. People misjudge me. I'm, that's just my, like, vibe. It's not a good vibe. And what about Kelly Rowland? Um, I think she might struggle, as, as Hasselhoff does, um... In well, he got struggles talent. in general. Just in general, <laughs> life is a struggle. <laughs> but I mean, when it, when it comes to accents and um, that kind of thing, although we did, um, we we all struggled with accents. I think um, when the um, I'm not sure where she was from. Actually, was she Korean? The Korean lady came. She in? may. She, I don't think it was ever. I I actually had to mute it, so I may have missed um, where she was from. <laughs> you in, muted in, in, it. Well, no, because she was throwing up into a bag, and that's not what I want to see on a Saturday evening. That's not your, that's not your thing, then? No, if I have to say anything to, to uh, TV producers while I have this, this forum, don't show people throwing up in a carrier bag. It's not attractive. <laughs> it's not going to be a ratings winner. Are you suffering with nerves, or are you not, not oh, very I, well? I have some medicine earlier. I was throw up a few times, so... Um... Okay. <laughs> In that case, you can step back from the X if you want. I, I, I won't put it in. No, no, I won't do that, yeah. In your opinion, can, can a programme that's been successful, like the X Factor with the panel it had, have just as much success when they change everything? Or is that a risky strategy? I think it's definitely a risky strategy because they are unproven. Um, you know, apart from Louis, well, who is still unproven. Do you know what uh, I love about Louis Walsh? I, I've got to say this because I love the way he claps. The way he claps, I, I can't say I've ever noticed. Oh, you will now, I've said it. You'll be watching it for him to clap. He claps like a demented seal. I, I've completely lost my train of thought now. Um, yes. 
Stop interrupting me. It's, it's good entertainment at the end of the day. Nobody watches it because they think it's going to be highbrow or teach them anything about music or the industry. It's purely manufactured, um, and I think it's uh, it's not ashamed of that. Follow the custard on Twitter at Luke in the Custar. Another program that's been can I use rejuvenated again, or will there be some no, sort of no. Big Bang if I do another? It's program not really that's... been rejuvenated. It's just no. It's a it's new had person. some it's had somebody plonked within it. Um, I can't remember who was lost now. Who did we lose? Oh, yeah, James Kahn. Okay, so in that sentence, you have proven to me (laughs) that that was the right decision for them to make. Absolutely. If you you don't remember who was in the place before the new person, then that new person has just slotted right in and it's like you've never, they've never not been there. Absolutely. I I think she's a fantastic addition. Uh, She makes my footage. Which was a great saying that I'm going to use now in every possible opportunity. I uh, think it's a great phrase it. that needs to be appropriated, absolutely. Yeah. But she, she is fantastic. She, in case you've not watched it, you've been in a cave, you've been on holiday. And you've not read my review of it. Hilary DeVay is the new dragon. She was formerly the business inspector. She was on The Secret Millionaire, secretly. On a show like that, it's almost good to have somebody else's opinion in there because you don't know how they're going to react to an offer or, or to a pitch I should say well that's that's true and also we haven't figured out whether she's got any tells like uh, Deborah Meaden does she looks at her nails she scratches her um, she scratches her chest and her neck and scratches she scratches her, her fingers together she does yes. that thing where she, she steeples uh, her fingers doesn't she she wants her fingers she steeples them. No. Puts them in the shape of a steeple. Okay, and and it's here a are word. All the people. It is okay. Well, you're you're the um, self-confessed writer. I she looked steep- it up. Steeple. He well, steepled had- his fingers. Okay, you made that up. <laughs> Check it out, guys. Email in if you've Check ever it used it. I don't think I don't think people will ever get bored of Dragonstone either. It's sort of no. I don't same- think so. As long as people keep having ideas that are silly or investable um then no i mean they do say that everything has been invented but i don't think that's true well you invented steeple today so i did i I coined Um, a new term interestingly dragon's den if you look in the listings and if you ask somebody on the street isn't classed as a reality show however it has all the ingredients so to speak of the x factor in there You've got people hoping that there'll be a success. And being, I've never made that association before. And You're hoping that the dragons will like their idea and hoping that they'll make something of themselves and when they first go in there, completely putting themselves out on a line for the dragons' criticisms and, you know, praise. It's completely the same thing, but for some reason it just it's down as a business show and people, like you say, never make that assumption. A very good point, of which I have nothing to add. <laughs> this is the Custard TV Podcast. While we're talking about big things on the TV, see what I did there? That is called a segue. I know you're not into radio, but that there is a segue. See? Feel free to make one up of yourself, but for right now, I'm in charge of them. 
<laughs> There's been a BBC One wildlife series. It's called Ocean Giants. Forty years ago, a particularly curious dolphin that the locals christened Charlene overcame her fear of humans and started herding herring under the quay, making it easy for fishermen to catch them. She was well rewarded for her help and the relationship blossomed. Soon she was returning every morning at exactly 7.15. Today, Charlene's granddaughters and great-granddaughters carry on the tradition and continue to return at the same time every day. Talk about the choices that were made on this documentary that make it different to, you know, any others that we've seen and that we know so well. Firstly, narration, Stephen Fry. Excellent choice. I would say he brings some humour to it. Um, and um, whilst I love David Attenborough, um, I think Stephen added something, definitely. Do you know what's strange, though? And this is by no means a criticism, because I am in no, in no way able to criti criticise Stephen Fry. But I did spend the first 15-20 minutes of the programme being so aware that it was Stephen Fry talking. And that did sort of take away from the images a bit for me, because I was just picturing Stephen Fry in a recording booth. If it had been Attenborough, or somebody like that, I would have just been watching the pictures, but I was... I was too interested in it being Stephen Fry doing the talking. It was really novel for me, but maybe I'm old like that. Were you concerned that he was going to start singing Thanks for All the Fish? I don't know what I was... I wasn't concerned. I knew I was in good hands, but I was just very aware that it was Stephen Fry... Because one of my favourite things from a few years ago was The Last Chance to See, which was him and a friend uh, catching up with um, endangered species and meeting them... And, and teaching us about them. That was one of my favourite. If you haven't seen that, I completely recommend it. From 2009, Last Chance to See was on BBC Two, and then Stephen Fry out of his comfort zone, but completely loving every minute of, of uh, travelling the world and meeting up with these endangered species. So I was kind of aware that it was Stephen Fry, and I don't know why. It didn't bother me, but it did sort of take away from it a bit. I don't know why. I must have a problem with that. Yeah, that's things. strange. But when you watch it, it was just brilliantly made, completely fascinating, and just looked fantastic to the eye as well. It, it was incredibly informative. Um, you know, I'd learned a hell of a lot about um, grey whales, for example, uh, who are supremely intelligent. And also, I think it's something that British TV should be proud of, because I don't think anywhere in the world does anything on that scale, like the BBC do, the BBC will just come out with these things like Ocean Giants that will just surprise you and inform you. And uh, I don't think there's anywhere else in the world that does wildlife programmes like the BBC. And now that I've got over my fear of change, uh, let's interchange David Attenborough to Stephen Fry, I think he would be a great new... Because he's just got one of those voices that works so well with something well, he's like so that. He's so enthusiastic. I mean, David Attenborough is, is enthusiastic, but he does the whole kind of whispering and, and reverence 
um, of, of awesome epic you know journeys of various creatures and that kind of thing whereas Stephen Fry adds a little bit of comedy and humour to it even though he's not necessarily saying something that is funny this is the Custard TV Podcast I want to talk about Channel 4 because they've been doing something that I've really enjoyed this past year they've been doing reality TV that's real reality just sticking cameras in places where things happen and just capturing that in things like sticking cameras in a hotel and sticking cameras in a maternity ward and my favourite sticking cameras in an A&E unit uh, but the latest one is Seven Dwarves I've got to tell you a story about this I was on holiday recently and my mum, my sister and I and my aunt it was in their mid-sixties all had nothing to do one evening and I had kept Seven Dwarves and I thought I can either watch this when no one's around or I can watch it and gauge people's opinions of it. So we watched the whole thing and we, we, we enjoyed it but my aunt sat completely silent through the whole thing, didn't laugh, didn't comment uh, and then at the end it had the coming up next week piece and she said oh is that a series I said yes she said what time's it on I said nine o'clock what channel channel four what what day of the week Tuesday oh no I'm gonna miss the next one <laughs> So, so she loved it. She loved. She was engrossed. My sister, who is in a in her early twenties, incredibly difficult to please with television, absolutely loved it. Which I think, in turn, helped me to love it as well. To show what it's like to live in a world where everyone's always looking down on you. There's a whole different world up there. This series follows the seven dwarves from the Christmas panto in Woking. Wow! Working and living together. Seven little people with big personalities. Did you agree? I did like it. I really did. Um, I think it was quite warm and genuine. Um, I didn't think that it was necessarily exploitative. I did think it was slightly manufactured, though. I'd have to disagree with you there. Well... Because I get... Feeling that they, they don't all live in a house. house. They don't live in all in a house when they do panto, do they? Really? No. And I'm also dubious about whether they really play hide and seek. I know, but that would be the first thing I'd do. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. <laughs> that's how you christen a new house. Find out where all the <laughs> cool hiding places. That's not my idea of christening a house. Okay, well, that's what that's what I do. Find out where all the cool hiding places are. I don't think when we're laughing, we're la- we, we we're definitely laughing with them. That's yeah, it's not. Sure. It's not laughing at them. Well, I certainly didn't, anyway. No. Um, it. They. You know. They're fully aware of, of how that they. The fact that they're slightly amusing to people, um, and they did seem to embrace that quite a bit. Um, although, obviously, um, I think it was Max's twin sister was quite yes. uncomfortable with him playing up to the fact that he was, uh, that he's a dwarf, and um, you know doesn't like the name of dwarf. But yeah, and I think there were some really likable characters in there it's int- I think each episode will focus on a member of the house yes that's right yeah the first one was obviously Max who was grumbly who I loved yeah. I thought he was great um, yeah. and you know, I hope he goes far in his career He's he's been doing it for 12 years isn't he yeah. so I think what was really interesting to me at least um, was the fact that some 
uh, one of them said that he never had to audition. No. Um, and I thought that that was very interesting in that I don't think it's necessarily a good thing that he never had no. to audition. He seemed to think it was. But to me... Well, it, it would be it for means, me as well. Well, yeah, I mean, it means you've always got work. But to me, it kind of means that they're seen as interchangeable. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, we'll just get him from there to do it rather Yeah, than... because he's sure. It doesn't matter yeah. whether he's got any talent. I'm not saying he didn't have any talent. Um, but it's just, you know, he's short, so he, he fits the he fits what we're after. The only TV podcast with the custard in the title. I think. Yep, it's the Custard TV Podcast. Have you enjoyed yourself, by the way? I have. It's been great. It's been nice to to chat to someone about what I've been watching on TV and and, and take take the Mickey out of programs here and there. The final thing I want to talk about then: Sky One's new comedy drama. It's called Mount Pleasant. Have a nice afternoon. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. At least not without me. Now I don't know about you, but the term comedy drama. Well, I was just about to pick up on that. Is a difficult one. This is what it's billed as. And the best comedy drama that springs to mind, Cold Feet, from a few years ago. Yes, no, I agree. Just the best example of a comedy drama. You knew where you were with it. You knew it was both funny and dramatic in equal amounts. It was real. It was exciting. And what a lot of programmes are doing lately is comparing themselves to Cold Feet. I think uh, Mount Pleasant was uh, was um, compared to Cold Feet and American sitcom Roseanne. Uh, Who by compares cast, it to that? The cast at a recent uh, Sky One event. Right. So bearing that in mind, let's talk about Mount Pleasant. Um, okay, well, um, I really didn't like it at all. Um, no. I thought it was um, completely clichéd. And, well, what can I say? I, I really hated it. Hey, that new Italian's opening next Thursday. We should go make a night of it. I can't. Anniversary. Oh, is it? Brill. How long now, Lisa? Ten years. <gasps> God, how quick? God, it only feels like last month. Like you could remember, even if it was. State you were in. <laughs> Isn't ten years an important one? Uh, they're all important, Denise. Me and Greg are coming up to four years now. Even that is important. Is he getting you anything nice? What's the tradition for ten years? Tin. Tin? What could he buy you that's made of tin? Bugger all. He'll forget anyway, I bet you. It's a good cast of well-known faces, but it's just terrible. Did you laugh at any point? I laughed at the title sequence. <laughs> that was poor. But you know what I can never work out But when, when I think... Something is really as bad as I thought Mount Pleasant was is whether it knows it's bad. What, and you think it knows it's bad, so it's so bad it's good? Yeah, and I don't know whether it does. Because that title sequence, the music and everything was just so tongue in cheek that I didn't know if it was making fun of itself in a way. But even if it is making fun of itself, it doesn't work. No, I know. And also, Call me an old prude. I was surprised by some of the language in there that sort of came out the blue. 
I think they kind of threw it in to um, appeal to, you know, certain younger demographic, perhaps. Yeah, but who what, who was it supposed to appeal to, though? Well, that's a good question because it there was no there was no one that I could relate to. Um, no. I've got a note here at the end. Uh, Talia. Did you watch the whole thing? A, I did. Oh, you I did. That's no wonder you're de- no wonder you're drunk tonight. <laughs> I watched the whole thing. I got yes, twenty eight minutes I in. I, I know I got twenty eight minutes in. I think I think sometimes. I mean, I was ready to turn off after the title sequence, but I thought, come on now, we've got a podcast to do. People will be angry. But um, yeah, I got twenty minutes in. I just found everything about it really irritating. Everything. Well, I think I think the the characters, um, if you call them characters, because they weren't particularly well rounded at all. Um, were a very depressing version of what women and men can be like. Um, you know, the women, I know you didn't get this far, but probably, but the women all worked in a recruitment agency, but didn't seem to do any work ever. They were just constantly talking about sex. There'd be a passing throwaway comment about work, and then it was back to sex again. Yeah. Um, and the men were belittled. Yeah, and they, the men particularly were the most annoying characters of all, I think. Really? I thought the women were worse. Well, the women were annoying, but the men were annoying because they were just stereotypical men we'd seen before. Men that lurch and men that try and get around their wives and men that gamble and men that drink. and Just, just nothing in there that I hadn't seen a million times before. Oh no! It was it was better. very 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 derivative. Uh, that's the one. Yeah. It was it was very derivative. I just I don't know. I don't, maybe I'm not the demographic, but if I'm not, I would have thought you were. Oh why? I, I don't know who who it was aimed at. This could have been filmed in 1950, really, mm. for for the kind of the angle that they went. You know all. All women are jealous of other women. They try and steal each other's husbands, even though, you know, Dan wasn't particularly attractive. Um, you know, he's he's not horrible looking, but he wasn't the kind of person, the kind of man that women would typically throw themselves at in this kind of world. Also, I don't like... Um, I, and I don't like liking a lot of the cast, like Sally Lindsay's okay... Uh, mm. Sean Reeves is okay. Daniel Ryan, who plays Dan, is okay. But I just, I didn't feel anything for it at all. Ready to order your food, ladies? Carolina chicken burger, please. And can I have a pot of Thousand Island on the side? Oh, and actually, could I have a slice of melted cheese on the burger? Thanks. And a pot of coleslaw on the side. And two loaded skins, one mushroom, one cheese. Could you fry the mushrooms for me, please? And can I have a dollop of sour cream? In the middle of the skins, not on the side. And a portion of onion rings, if you can. On the side. Please. Fries. No, thanks. I'm being good. The Custard TV Podcast. That has been the first Custard TV Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. I hope um, that you'll listen to it in future times. And also tell your friends about it. If you want to get in touch... And, uh, and let us know what you thought or you want to add something. If you completely disagree, if you are Mount Pleasant's biggest fan and you want to set the record straight, 
there's got to be one of you out there, I would presume. Uh, then get in touch now. You can get in touch with Denise on Twitter at this address. At Denise underscore. And uh, you can get in touch with me several ways uh, via email, lukeinthecustard at gmail.com or via Twitter and the information is up on the website. We'll be back soon for the second of the Custard TV podcast. Anything you'd like to say before we leave? Imagine that this is the last time we ever speak or you want to say something profound to the rest of the world. I have one thing. Okay. Never go to sleep in a laundry bin. If you do, you'll know why. That's something for everybody to try next week and get in touch with us and tell us how it went. If you have, yes, get in touch and tell us how it went. Uh, it's a Custard TV podcast. That's Luke and today saying thanks very much and you can join us next time for another talk about the best and the worst on the box. Take care. Bye.